0: I'm here today with Shawn LeMay, his company is called Emulate Energy. It's an energy management company for utility companies, and they come in with a software solution. He's the CEO of the company, and he was just telling me about a story of entrepreneurship being full of failures before you actually come out the other side.
1: I started Emulate when I was what I thought was pretty old as an entrepreneur. I was almost 40 years old, together with my co-founder, we we're about the same age. And we had this understanding that uh, startups who succeed confer to the to this view p- most people have of Mark Zuckerberg's uh, starting something in their early twenties. And then we stumbled on an article, I think it was an HBR article that had studied uh, uh, the key success factors for startups. And one of them was actually the age of the entrepreneurs. And what was interesting in that was that the older the founders are, the higher probability the the startup has of success. So it goes right against this view or this romanticized view of uh, college dorm students who come up with great ideas. I'm not saying that's not the case, but on an overarching level. Science shows that the older you are, the more li- the the higher likelihood you have of succeeding. I don't think it's necessarily only that you're wiser. I think if you are wiser, but it's because you've failed so many times. You just had time to fail many more times, and you've learned to persevere. You learn to 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 pivot, and you learn to stay nimble. And just given that experience, you just you just better equipped to to launch a startup, which inevitably will bring about with it a ton of failure. In the beginning, at least, I mean, failure is really the the nature's or the market's way of telling you that you should be tweaking your approach. So it, it's actually live communication with the market and with nature to kind of try to guide you on something that works.
0: Well, isn't it 10,000 hours to become an expert or anything?
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So what was it that prepared you to come in and hit ener- the energy sector specifically?
1: I mean, I have a my, my co-founder, he did his research in the space, and we knew that this is, this is an enormous industry that's going to go through big, big challenges, big changes during the coming 20 years. I mean, it's probably one of the more uh, conservative industries in, in, in the world. I mean, nobody ever called their energy company to thank them for providing the better electricity or more electricity. So this industry has for decades been drilled in minimizing risks, ensuring that you, you don't get outages. And suddenly you have one of the biggest industries in the world that's going to be turned totally upside down from central production to decentralized production. And the, the incumbent country companies aren't really wired to innovate. So the startups have, are going to be playing a big role in taking risks, trying a lot of different approaches that don't work and sort of see what sticks and help them, big incumbents to,
0: to transition. What are you expecting from the energy industry? Are you, are you seeing a potential crisis coming?
1: Oh, we already have a crisis. I mean, if you look at the, the, how much the percent of the GDP spent on energy, if you look at it last year, it was at the highest level since, end of, since the end of the 70s, which was the big energy crisis that totally changed the trajectory of a lot of industries and also a lot of, a lot of geopolitics. So we're, we're at a similar inflection point. There's no doubt about it. This is one of the most interesting and exciting spaces to be in, and there are huge challenges that need to be overcome and a lot of innovation required.
0: So I know we're seeing energy shortages in many places in the world. Do you see that coming to the U.S. soon?
1: Absolutely. I think it's not necessarily only energy shortages. It's about uh, energy availability at the right time. What happens when you switch over to solar and wind is that these these are contrary to, to, natu- to, to classic power plants. These are intermittent resources. So it's not necessarily that we don't have enough energy production. It's just that we have, it's, we have intermittent energy production. So at some points in time, we have a, too much. And then at other po- points in time, we have too little. And we just need to come up, uh, come up with ways to store the energy effectively and also to make sure that people uh, sort of shift their electricity consumption in time. So it matches the prices better on the markets and availability of renewables
0: in the grid. So would you say the storage is our biggest problem right now in the sector?
1: I say we have many challenges to really complete the energy transition. We have many challenges. One of the biggest pieces of the puzzle is storage, energy storage, and demand flexibility to making sure that either we store the energy physically in batteries or that we we consume energy in a smarter way. And it's going to be a combination
0: of the two. So what are you coming in to add in order to help with that smarter consumption?
1: So I mean, our core—we uh, have—I mean, there, there are a few things that are sort of intersecting. One of one of the major trends, one of the mega trends, is electrification, which means we're gonna have millions of new cars, electric vehicles being connected to the grid. We having electrification of heating, so we're replacing heating in our homes with from gas to heat pumps, so electricity. When that happens, the consumers are gonna play a major role in sort of aligning their energy consumption, so it burdens society less. And what we're trying to do here is to make sure that we build an infrastructure to connect to all of these IoT-enabled devices, and then make sure that they they we align their electricity consumption with the availability of the renewables in the grid, and hence the prices essentially.
0: It makes a lot of sense. What would you suggest? I mean, you started entrepreneurship a little later in life. What would you say to those who are considering it?
1: I would say this is probably the golden age of uh, startups. I mean, if you wanted to, um, I'm 40 plus, but when I was 20 something, if, if you wanted to start a st- software company, you had a much, much bigger uh, entry barrier. You had to buy servers and you had to recruit people in your vicinity. You didn't have a globalized world. You couldn't uh, find somebody on Upwork who could build you an MVP for $15 an hour. Uh, you have a ton of accelerators and incubators around the world now that just didn't exist 15, 20 years ago. So I think that, that the world is in, in bigger need of innovation than ever. I think the infrastructure to uh, create disruptive innovation is far, far superior to uh, any point in time. And I think the entire gig economy is probably pushing to people to, 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 to take risks. So I really think that this is, this is sort of everything is intersecting to, to create this really exciting time where you could, we, I think we're going to see huge amounts of innovation.
0: So even though we're in a recessionary environment, you're seeing a lot of innovation coming.
1: Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. We haven't even talked about the AI and what, what, what that's going to be about, what tools that's going to bring about for startups to, to leverage.
0: What do you think it's going to bring about?
1: I think I don't think it's gonna make any of us unemployed uh, unless we we start using it. I think it's gonna help us. It's gonna create a ton of jobs that are more qualified and more fun, honestly, than what we have you know, today. I think yeah, it's gonna make us all more productive. I think it's gonna increase our collective output. But there are risks associated with it. I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't call myself an expert on the risks. I see a lot of opportunities with with, with it, and I just think we gotta we gotta look at every aspect of our work to see how can we, how can we leverage this new tool? And then the, the risks that inevitably come with it. I'm honestly not an expert, so I don't want to even get into that, but I know it's significant.
0: So Siwon, if one of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you or emulate to learn how they can work with you, how could they do so?
1: Email me, find me on LinkedIn and I'd be glad to
0: connect. And what's your website?
1: Emulate.energy
0: Energy. Perfect. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Divide Sign and Development. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next time.